This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to Edge Rush on the Hammer Betting Network. I am here, producer Jason, filling in for Eric this week as he is away on holidays. But we are joined by Cleve, TA, and Hitman, as always. Uh, guys, crazy week last week in the NFL. Uh, Hitman, how's it going? What happened? How did your bets go last week? It was my best week maybe ever as far as a profit standpoint for me, for, for my personal plays. So I, it was very good. You know, anytime you get weeks like that where you're having extreme weather or, or something like that, you're going to get extreme line moves. And when you're staying on top of stuff, it, it's a, it's also why I love the NFL preseason is if you, you're on top of the news, you're going to get great lines and you're going to get great bets. And the same could be said with, with the weather stuff like last week, like, Trevor Lawrence, his prop number opened 235 and a half. It closed 210. Some spots, Zach Wilson's line dropped 20 yards. A bunch of players in the Saints and the Browns games, their lines dropped. Anytime you get a lot of uncertainty in the betting market, it tends to benefit the professional bettors who are playing offense on that uncertainty in comparison to the bookmakers who are playing defense. So, you know, if it was up to me, every team would play outside and we would – play all the games in Antarctica with with just crazy weather and lots of betting opportunities. Unfortunately, it's not like that every week. But uh, last week was definitely my, my favorite week of the season and my best one. Yeah, and uh, T.A., uh, how's it going with you? Did you have a good week? As good as Hitman's last week or uh, not as good? What, what happened? Uh, I did not. I was actually, you know, it was okay, but I was actually on a family vacation. So, unfortunately, I mean, he's right when you have – you know, some, I mean, some people can win with their modeling, others can win, you know, um, just in different ways. And, and obviously a, a huge advantage is just being on top of news sources and, and getting ahead of the market um, just based on, you know, reacting quicker than others. And so, you know, that's, that's a huge advantage. Unfortunately, I was, I was uh, down in Florida uh, spending time with uh, my family and my, my wife and daughter. So, uh, was not able to react, you know, uh, quickly enough to some of this, uh, some of the the extreme weather. You know, I was lucky; I did get Dallas um, minus one on Monday morning, well before all the Jalen Hurts news came out. So, um, you know, that was probably my biggest win. Uh, but otherwise, you know, pretty decent week overall. But the, I, I thought it was really interesting just from the weather component. And now we've got. You know, I know here in Cleveland, we're going to be close to 60 degrees this weekend after, you know, they were playing in like negative 10 degree windshields last week. So it's just amazing how quickly that can change. Um, but should be uh, should be interesting week uh, right ahead of the uh, the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And a, a lot of a lot of moving parts this week, too, especially with uh, two weeks to go until the playoffs. We have uh, a few players who are going to be missing this week and potentially next week, too, with uh, some teams now eliminated from the playoffs. We'll probably be seeing more of that next week as well. Before we get into this week's games, though, I want to remind everyone that we go live every primetime game on the Hammer HQ YouTube channel. Uh, we go live Thursday, Monday, Sunday, pregame show and a halftime show. 
Thursdays, we got Joey Kanish with Andrew Walker. Sunday, we have Rob Bazola and Fabian Sommer. And Monday, we have Rob with Eric Eager. If you enjoy the content that we put out, guys, please consider heading over to the Hammer HQ YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Ring that bell. It really helps us out a lot. We just passed 1,000 subscribers. It's been a great football season so far. So if you're enjoying our content, guys, please, uh, the, the support really goes a long way. And uh, if you enjoyed that content as well, you can follow us on Twitter at the Hammer HQ. All right. Heading into the first game of the week, we got a Thursday night game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee is coming down with a slew of injuries. They have a cluster injury at uh, linebacker. No Tannehill. We talked about that on day-to-day, but today news just came out that Derrick Henry will likely not be playing. So, TA, do you have a certain lean on this game, or are you kind of staying away with all this uh, injury uncertainty? Yeah, I don't have much here. The line ballooned to a 12. I mean, the market knew this was coming before. I mean, I think it opened, I think the look ahead was maybe six and then it ballooned to like nine and a half real fast because <laughs> everybody knew the same thing, that, that the game was really meaningless for, for uh, Tennessee. And on a short week, it just didn't make any sense for them to play anybody. We knew Tannehill was out. So um, none of this is really um, you know surprising. And, and once you get to a, a line like this, a, a road favorite laying over over 10 and you don't even know who's playing on the other side. I mean, I just, I personally have no, no stake in it. I'm just going to sit this one out. Um, you know, if you got in early under the double digits, then you got a great number. But you know, for me, I'm just, I'm just going to let this one go and um, you know, uh, and let others play it. Fair enough. Too much uncertainty there. Uh, Hitman, you have any, uh, any bets you like this game, maybe any props for us or you kind of in the same boat as TA over there, you know, no props that I've played at the moment either. It's, I mean, I'm, there's some uncertainty with the Dallas running back situation. A lot of lines haven't come out. Come out. I mean, maybe I will have some plays in this one, but at the moment, not much. I mean, the thing that stood out to me is just how insanely low these Titans pass catchers are. Robert Woods is like 21 receiving yards. Traylon Burks, 23 receiving yards. Like, I know Malik Willis is terrible, but you're a 12-point underdog. You, you might be playing at some point the Dallas backups in the third and in the fourth quarter in this game and numbers that low. So, I mean, it is one thing that stood out to me in this game, but I'm with TA. It's a game that, you know, if you got the look ahead at minus three, if you got the openers at minus six and a half, minus seven, good job. But at the moment, it's there. There's nothing bettable on the board, in my opinion. I will say that maybe one of the reasons that the number is so low is that those guys might sit in the second half, right? They may not play. Well, yeah, we don't know. So I think that could be part of. It. I don't think that's all. Yeah, I wouldn't touch either side. Like it's just too much uncertainty. Yeah, I will it's say one of, it's one of those things. Ta, I think you just wait. You wait for the information. You know, maybe reports do come out. Hey. Uh, they're going to play the guys that are healthy are going to play the whole game or something. If some information comes out, maybe you play it, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I personally, just my model, I, I mean, from a prop perspective, Dalton Schultz looks like a decent, um, you know, over 30, I think 38 and a half, just based on my numbers. But again, they may be blowing them out in the first half and, and just running out the clock. And so I, I'm not going to touch that one, but that, I mean, just if the game was just kind of a normal standard game, I, I would look at Schultz, but otherwise I guess I'm just staying away and I'll do some, I'll do some, watch some college bowl maybe instead. 
<laughs> Fair enough. We will be moving on to the Sunday slate, uh, starting off with the one o'clock game between the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Big NFC South showdown here. Um, Carolina looked dead in the water when they fired Matt Rule, trade away CMC, but they're back and their playoff hopes are alive and well. If they can pull off a win in this game, it could be huge for them. They could potentially make the playoffs. And on the other side of the coin, we have Tampa Bay, who just has not been able to figure it out at all, all year. Um, lines looking at around minus 150 uh, for Tampa Bay, sitting around probably around three. Uh, Hitman, do you have any lean for this game? Are you liking the Panthers continue, continuing their hot streak, or do you think Tampa Bay is going to best them? Tampa, you know, there was a point where it looked like the line might get to minus two and a half with minus 120-ish on Tampa. And it was going to be a bet for me at that price. At the minus three flat, which we're seeing right now, uh, I'm just going to call it a, a lean towards Tampa Bay. It's more, I, listen, I mean, I can't say many positive things about the Bucks right now and how they have not even come close to meeting our expectations of them preseason. But what I will say is we have a Panthers team that, I mean, listen, it was just last week that they were getting two and a half at home to the Lions. And now we're at the point where they're getting three in Tampa Bay, where it's Sam Darnold versus Tom Brady for the NFC South. It's essentially a playoff game. I mean, it's one of the square statements I probably said on this pod is that, oh, it's Tom Brady versus Sam Darnold. But again, I mean, all the pressure's on for this game. Like I said, it's essentially a playoff game. Who would you rather have in that spot? And, you know, I mean, Darnold, he hasn't exactly lit the world on fire. It's been a lot of the Carolina, the running game that, that's been carrying them. But the Bucks, I know they're not the old Bucks where they're just going to completely shut down the run. But I think that they could could do a, at least not let the Panthers run like crazy on them in this game. So, I mean, not the most convincing handicap in the world. I know, but I just thought that Tampa at, at minus three, maybe just a, a little bit short, in my opinion. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, TA, you have any uh, opinion on this one or are you staying away? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, no, no bet for me. I mean, I, I am uh, personally invested. I do have some a lot of Panthers um, season win total overs uh, on the alt line over seven plus two twenty five. So, um, and some long shot to make the playoffs. So, I you know I'm rooting from that perspective. But for this game, um, I, I don't. I wouldn't take uh, Carolina here at this number. I think it's fully baked in uh, all the recent recent um, issues with Tampa and then, you know, the run that, that Carolina's on. I mean, this line was, I actually saw the plus seven uh, Sunday morning on the look ahead and kind of did a double take and I just, I didn't pull the trigger. Um, but that was one that kind of caught my eyes. Like, wow, that seems really high. Um, but or sorry, that was Saturday morning before the, the Carolina game. Um, but, you know, I didn't pull the trigger, but now, now we're down to three. It's just, you can't at this point, if you haven't taken Carolina yet, it's like, it's, it's too late. Uh, but for me, um, I'm going to avoid this one. I, I think what's interesting with you mentioned Sam Darnold. He hasn't 
he's barely thrown the ball. I mean, he's uh, about he's averaging about twenty three attempts per game. He's actually number two in the NFL in EPA per play, if you can believe that. They're number one in explosive pass rate since he's come back in the lineup. So they're not throwing it a lot, but when they do, they're breaking off huge chunks. So that's something to look out for. I will say that, you know, it's amazing how our perceptions change so quickly. You know, two weeks ago, Pittsburgh went into Carolina and just dominated the the Panthers. They stopped the run. They forced Darnold to, to throw the ball and they beat him up. Everybody was off the Carolina train. And then, you know, they do the same thing. Carolina does the same thing back to Detroit. Everyone's back on the Carolina train. So, you know, you've got to be careful. Don't don't look at just a one-week uh, sample and, you know, think that that's going to, you know, drive where, where you, what's going to happen the next week. It's not really predictive one week to the next. So, I mean, for me, this is not the best matchup for Carolina per se because they do need to run the ball to, to get a lead. Um, you know, they're not going to get a lead throwing it. So, uh, and the Tampa run defense, you know, is, you know, they're pretty good. They're above average. So, you know, if they can hold off, um, you know, Foreman and others, then I think that they can, um, you know, they can slow down this offense. I just, I personally don't, I just don't, don't necessarily love, um, love it here. If it was a three and a half or four, I'd consider them, but it's just too late if you're thinking about taking Carolina here. Yeah, fair enough. And the total sitting around uh, 40, uh, not looking like it's going to be moving at all. So, um, yeah, probably stay off that game then maybe. All right, moving on to the next game, uh, going in rotation order here. We have the Cleveland Browns facing off against the Washington Commanders. Uh, it sucks that Eric couldn't be on the show today, but uh, <laughs> if you listen to Day to Day, we did a little mini preview there with uh, with T.A. Uh, T.A. is obviously a fan of the Browns, so... Uh, that was cool to hear. So I'm curious uh, to hear Hitman's opinion on this. Cleveland's sitting around plus two and a half. Uh, do you like any side here, or are you, again, staying off a game like this? Cleveland makes a appealing teaser like I think, is the way I would approach it. Um, I know TA mentioned uh, on some – on I think it was Twitter how Carson Wentz, it's no – I mean, he's played terrible – throughout the first six, seven games. So it really was no adjustment with him and uh, Taylor Heineke. I'll say the one thing to maybe look out for in this game is the fact that Terry McLaurin has some huge splits with and without Carson Wentz as, as his quarterback. His splits have been a lot better with Heineke under center. So maybe an angle to attack. Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel is positive with, with Wentz, right? Yeah. I mean, who would you rather? I mean, anytime you could throw to Curtis yeah. Samuel or Terry McLaurin, you do it, right? Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, so maybe you look at that in the prop market, but not much for me other than uh, a look towards uh, Cleveland teasers. Yeah, fair enough. I know we touched on this a bit on day to day, but uh, TA, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I took the Browns at two and a half. I didn't think it would ever get to three, so I just took the two and a half. I would have loved the teaser. I just couldn't find a good teaser leg, uh, another side of it. Um, you know, so I just I said, you know what, I'm just going to take the Browns here. I just can't imagine how we've got Carson. I mean, we, the, the Commanders can't even figure out their quarterback situation, and they're laying points. I just don't. I just don't agree with it. Um, so a couple of things here for for people that don't watch every play of the Browns like I do. You know, there's a lot of chatter about how bad Deshaun Watson's looked the last few weeks. And it's just, it's ridiculous to me. Like, how can you, people are are, are stating his numbers uh, the last two games and saying, all right, see how bad he's playing. But it's like, all right, you're just not going to factor in that they played in literally the worst weather conditions the NFL has seen 
maybe ever last week. You're talking about 50 mile an hour winds, uh, wind chills and you know, minus 10. And you're going to you're going to uh, ding uh, Watson for not having big numbers. It's it's ridiculous. The week before he put, he faced a top five defense in, in the Ravens and he beat them. Um, they won 13 to three. He actually had the highest success rate of any quarterback against the Ravens since I think I think Josh Allen or Tua early in the season. So like the guys, you know, yeah, he's not the elite quarterback that he was a few years, a few years ago, but he's played perfectly fine. He's actually played a lot better. Um, than he did earlier when he when he first came back from the suspension. In fact, his receivers have dropped. He has the highest drop rate in the NFL with his receivers. I mean, Amari Cooper dropped an easy touchdown. He just slipped and fell last week. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones dropped a touchdown. We had and Joku was about to catch the game-tying touchdown, and he dropped it at the goal line. So he's not getting a lot of luck. So if you don't watch the games, you just look at numbers, sure, like you're going to think that he's not playing well, but it's really not the case. He's playing a lot better. So now he's finally going to get normal weather. It looks like it's going to be mid fifties um, and no rain or anything. So, you know, we'll get to see him finally, you know, after he's been adjusted for a few games uh, with this offense. And I just can't imagine laying points with Carson Wentz here. As Hitman mentioned, he's, he started the first six games. He's 29th out of 33 quarterbacks in EPA and success rate in those games. And he faced some bad defenses. I mean, the Bears, the Lions, Jacksonville, Tennessee, those are four of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Actually, three of the bottom seven, um, excluding Tennessee. Uh, so poor numbers versus a really easy schedule. And, I mean, they scored a total of 47 points in, in the four games before he, he got bent. Well, he got hurt, but he probably would have been benched anyway. So people forget that. So I, I think... Not that it's a downgrade. I think, you know, Heineke was struggling too at the end, but at least Heineke can make some plays. You know, Wentz is just, he's scared to get hit. So from that perspective, I just can't imagine uh, Washington scoring a ton of points here. The Browns defense has actually played better. Uh, they've held six straight, oppon- six straight opponents uh, to an EPA below their season average. So, you know, they've done a better job in, in general. You know, the question is going to be, motivation you know browns had small playoff hopes going into last week they lost that is this you know is that going to affect them here i don't know um i still think you know without a draft pick in the first round you know the organization is going to be trying i know that they're not going to be sitting guys because there's no reason to Uh, and i think they they do want to play you know with with deshaun watson for the future so you know i I think they will be okay from that perspective so i don't know i my numbers make this browns minus one from full season metrics, you know, even if you wanted to downgrade the Browns offense and some motivation issues, you know, you maybe get to pick, I think, you know, the two, two and a half points here, there's a little bit of value. Um, and yeah, if you can find a, another leg of a teaser, I think it's a really good number with the Browns. I just, um, you know, maybe I can get, if I can get Cincinnati or Buffalo, whoever is getting the point and a half to, to seven and a half, that might be the other side of it. But um, to me, I think the Browns are a decent play here. Yeah, and that, uh, that's always important to keep in mind is the motivations of these teams as we head down to the last couple of weeks of the NFL season. But you're right, like they, the, the Browns are fully invested in Deshaun Watson, giving up a pick for him, signing him to that big contract. It only makes sense for them to want to uh, get more games uh, under, under his belt in that offense. So uh, yeah, I like Cleveland there. So moving on to the next game we have in the rotation order. Uh, this game was actually flexed to 820. It's Pittsburgh at Buffalo line sitting around minus 143 for the uh, Ravens right now looking at around two and a half uh, the over-unders sitting around 35 and a half both these games mean a lot to both these teams Baltimore could potentially put themselves uh, to the first in the division and Pittsburgh obviously trying to make the playoffs here um, 
Hitman, do you like any side here? Uh, any any totals? Are you looking at anything in particular, or are you just staying off this one? I just mentioned a teaser that I liked. I like the the Browns in a teaser. Well, why not tease them with the Steelers? I mean, every time these teams play, it is a close game. I feel like the last four years, every podcast I've done, whenever this game comes up, it's like, well, it's always going to be decided by a field goal. And that's how it's been. You know, Pittsburgh has revenge from just a few weeks ago where they outplayed the Ravens, but had all those turnovers in the red zone, won the stats pretty clearly. So they have that angle working for them. So, I mean, I'm going to wait until I'm almost certain Lamar is not playing. Like I'm, I think it's way better than that 50% chance Lamar doesn't play and the betting market is telling you that Lamar is likely out, but I'm going to wait for, for that news. But once that news does hit, Pittsburgh will be in some of my teaser legs as long as I'm getting seven and a half or better. Uh, Hitman, what say you? Or sorry, TA. TA, what say you? Yeah, no, I think Hitman you know, laid out a good case. The Ravens just can't score. And, you know, obviously can't score. It's tough to cover a big number. Um, you know, they did beat Atlanta by eight, but they needed a goal line stand to do so. I just worry about maybe some defensive um, scores or turnovers from Pickett, young quarterback going in a hostile environment here. You know, that's a tough play, place to play um, against that defense at night. You know, Pickett's played well, although he's had, you know, when he's had to play in some, you know, uh, difficult conditions, you know, he, he's just been okay. I, I, they're not going to be able to run the ball on this Ravens team. So, <clears throat> I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that there's, um, this is going to be just a, you know, a grind them out game. And it's, you know, the, there may be a defensive turnover that, that causes, um, you know, a team to win. But yeah, historically, these teams just don't, don't get blown out in general. So, you know, I, I can live with it, with a teaser here um, with the, uh, with Pittsburgh, just because I don't know if, I mean, Baltimore has not scored more than 17 points in the last four games. It's been pretty incredible. So, um, and if you go back five of the last six, they've scored 17 or less. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll defer to Hitman on that one. Yeah, fair and fair enough. And uh... with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know what? Let me just add one thing. TA, look at headlines out right now. We got uh, a few shops are dealing them. Tell me, don't you think the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game, since we just talked about those two games, the total, 42, does that make any sense to you considering Pittsburgh this week is playing Baltimore, it's 35, Cleveland's playing Washington, it's 40 and a half, 42 makes no sense to you either, right? Yeah, especially considering that obviously there could be major weather concerns uh, you know, next week in Pittsburgh, you know, that's a situation that, you know, we could get really bad weather again. So, yeah, I mean, I would probably make that total more like 39 and a half. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking too. Okay. Love that. Good, good little angle there on the look ahead line. Obviously you can't get the most money down there, but any edge you can get as a better you want to take. So 
I uh, love that little piece of uh, insight there from Hitman. Moving on to the next game, we have the uh, New Orleans Saints heading over to Philly to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Big must-win game for the New Orleans Saints. They want to keep their playoff hopes alive. They have to win. Uh, and Philadelphia is looking to be maybe without Jalen Hurts, for sure without Lane Johnson, their star tackle. Um, looking not so great for Philly, but the Lions sitting at minus six right now, around minus 252 for Philly. Uh, total sitting around 43 and a half. TA, uh, you like this? Any side here? Are you looking at the Saints to maybe keep their dreams alive or you, you sticking with uh, Gardner Minshew and the Eagles? Well, man, you know, Hitman, how long have we been talking about the Saints being surprised or finally starting to play well and racking up wins? Unfortunately, it's li- probably too little too late. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they've done a nice job here the last couple of games. Really should have won three in a row if you look at that uh, that Tampa game, right, that they got <laughs> that they botched at the end. But, um, yeah, I just – first of all, I'll just – I don't know anything, but I would um, – I would – I think – I would lean strongly that Hertz will play. Now it's just, again, it's just me thinking it's a combination of, I think they want to get him some action before the playoffs. They would love to sit him next week, get this win. Obviously it's a kind of a double, double banger when you consider the fact that they've got the saints first round pick that winning this game and beating them is obviously huge for the organization. So I think if they had their choice, this is the game that they wanted him to play. They didn't mind him sitting last week, getting some rest. They want him to sit next week. This is the one. So if he's going to play, this is it. And I think the line reflects that. I would guess that, or at least the line reflects a probability of that. It's not fully baked in. Um, I think you'd probably get to seven, seven and a half if Hurts is playing. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Gardner Minshew's, I thought he played well last week. Um, but, yeah, all these injuries between Lane Johnson, I think that the underrated part is not the Lane Johnson. It's the what's going on in the secondary of the Eagles. They were already struggling with the slot cornerback position. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has been out for um, a couple of weeks now. He's been on IR. He's supposed to come back, but he's not ready yet. Uh, Avante Maddox, they finally got back last week. Then he, he hurt his foot, and he's gone for the season, I believe. Um, there, you know, We saw what happened on that third and 30 last week. There's some miscommunication issues there, but you know some guys that are not used to playing in, in the secondary. So that's a concern um, against the this, this Saints team that can, you know, if Chris Olave comes back, he missed last week's game. They really need him. They can they can move the ball on this Eagles team, uh, I think. And the Saints defense is underrated. I I, I think this is going to be a tougher game than than you know we, I think the Eagles uh, imagined. So they do really. Do, I think they do need Hurts to win this game, uh, but. You know, I haven't touched it. I, I would, I would sit a little bit because I think there's a shot that Hurts plays, and you know, if that's the case, I would, I would look to taking the Saints if they can get to seven, seven and a half. I would look at New Orleans at that point. Yeah, and uh, Hitman, you agree with uh, TA there, or you going a different angle? I don't got much of an opinion on the game. I will say that my my disagreement with TA comes with the Jalen Hurts stuff. I, I think that he's far more likely not to play. I know there was the report from – it was someone at ESPN that was reporting that the Eagles don't even know if there's a possibility that this injury could affect them in their first playoff game. Now, it's a report from one guy. Who knows? He might not be being fed the, the right information. But I, I'll say, that in, in my opinion, I think Hurts is more likely to sit that's kind of the handicap on this game. In my opinion, if Hertz plays uh, five and a half right now is cheap, you know, if if Minchu plays, maybe it goes, it goes down a tick. So 
I really don't count. You don't think this gets to like four if Minshew plays? Four and a half? Is that too low? I think this is the midway point between. I don't know. I mean, because last week, I Hurts, it moved three points. Now, obviously, it was going through three. So you say it moved three and a half, four points. I think that Minshew got upgraded off of last week's performance. So what is Hurts worth to the line right now, you would say? I, I, I'm pro- I think I'm like in that maybe two and a half, three-point range. Are you higher? Um, well, we like I said, we saw it last week. At clo- what, what did it close at, four? Yeah, it closed four, so a two and a half point. And it opened one. It opened, three. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think just the market's saying it's it's probably three and a half to four points. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I said, my numbers with Hurts is right around seven. So um, six and a half, I think seven. So I... I think if Minshew, I think this is this is this is not how it's. I'll just say this: it, the line will not close six. Uh, that's all I'll say. It'll either going to be close seven, seven and a half, or it's going to close four and a half or so, or five. It won't close six because this is not weighing in a hundred percent probability of of either event. So, if you have a strong opinion one way or another, you, you'd have to take a stance right now. Um, but you know that that's that's what I think. And I I look the Hertz thing is. I, you know, can't say too much, but I, I don't think the injury is as severe as what we're hearing. That's just my my take on it. But at, whether he plays or not, like I said, that who knows? But I don't I think that it was a convenient situation for him to get hurt when they've essentially eh, not totally clinched everything, but strong possibility of clinching and this end of the season. I'll just say that. <laughs> but um you know, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. Uh, like I said, my prediction, this will 100% not close exactly six. I'll just say that. I, I like that. that. So yeah. so you got to take a dice roll either way. If you think Minshew's playing, hit that plus six. And plus six. If you think uh, Hertz is going to be in, hit that minus six. So I love that little yeah. piece of information there from you guys. So um, moving we'll on to the... You'll tell me if I look stupid next week. We can we can <laughs> we can discuss it. Uh, I'm sh- I'm sure you're you hit the nail on the, head, on the head with that one. But moving on to the next game, we have the Arizona Cardinals against the Atlanta Falcons. Line sitting at around minus three for the Falcons, uh, minus one sixty five on the money line. Totals hovering around forty two. Both teams have their backup quarterbacks in Desmond Ritter and Colt McCoy for the Cardinals. T- uh, excuse me, Hitman. You had a lean on this game, so let's start with you. Uh, what side do you like better on this game? Or are you hitting a total, or you got a, this in a teaser? What do you like about uh, this game? It's not a lean. I, I like it. I like Arizona plus three and a half. Um, I bet them plus four last night with the anticipation that Colt McCoy was going to be the starter. He, he got in a limited practice on Friday. And Cliff Kingsbury went out and said, you know, we got to get Colt McCoy reps because he could be our starter the first few games next season. So I kind of had a feeling that McCoy was going to be the guy. And I'm surprised that there's still three and a halfs out there. So some of the sharper books are dealing three minus 115, three minus 120, but a lot of three and a half still out there. It, I'm just going to put it like this. I, I make the line 2.75 or something. I mean, I think that these are close to equal teams and you're getting this many points. I mean, Arizona still has talent. They, they have talent, some talent defensively. I know they're without Murphy and they're without Buda Baker, but 
at least if you're going to be without guys in the secondary, you're playing one of the worst passing offenses in the NFL. You have Hopkins, you have Marquise Brown, you have James Conner. Colt McCoy is an acceptable backup quarterback. He's not a scrub by any means. So, and Atlanta has one of the smaller home field advantages in the NFL as well. So I'm wake. I'm closer to two and a half on this game than, than I am to the, the current line. So I like Arizona getting three and a half. Uh, TA, you agree with Hitman on this or you, you, you like in Atlanta? No, I agree. I hit three and a half also. I, he got a better number at four. Um, I wasn't willing to, I wasn't willing to take that chance because I just, I think McSorley is a horrible quarterback. Um, and so I needed to know that McCoy was going to be in first. I, I was willing to risk it getting to three and a half or three. Like I make with Colt McCoy in the game, I make it Atlanta minus two and a half. So um, I was willing to, to take that little bit of a risk to make sure he was in. And I will say I was a little bit nervous about the motivation of the Cardinals, kind of a dead team. But um, once I saw that uh, J.J. Watt, announce his retirement, I felt better about them bringing it this week. I mean, I think he's obviously a team leader. The guys respect him. He's going to play his ass off. And I just, I think that's like a, a good send off is to get the team to, to rally together and, and play well. And I like Colt McCoy. He's a veteran. He's going to play hard. He's going to get that team together. So I think the combination of those two really helps me from a, from a motivation standpoint, because you never know with these teams uh, late in this year, late in the season. So that helps. And I just think the drop-off from, I think McSorley and McCoy, I mean, I think that's definitely worth two points, in my opinion, at least. Maybe even more. I mean, McSorley is 50th out of 52 quarterbacks in EPA per play. He has the second worst completion percentage over expected. He's dead last in success rate. 28% success rate uh, in that what, game and a half that he played. He was, I can't believe they even got to the point that they went to overtime last week. He was so bad. Uh, and McCoy's numbers aren't great, but I mean, he had to face the Patriots and uh, the Niners in his in two of his his starts. So, I mean, it's a little unfair to judge him on this year. Last year, he was great. I mean, he filled in. I think they won and covered all but one game when he filled in midseason for um, for Kyler Murray. So, I think offensively, McCoy's fine. And you've got DeAndre Hopkins, you got Hollywood Brown, you got plenty of guys. You got James Conner, you got guys who can move the ball. I mean, Atlanta is thirty second in success rate. Uh, on defense like this is not a good defense they're dead last in pressure rate he's gonna have plenty of time to find those weapons like I, there is no I, I can't I can't believe I agree I can't believe this is still over a field goal um, I might actually get some more down because like you're talking about Desmond Ritter a rookie quarterback who's been horrible so far um, one of the worst PFF grades fourth worst PFF grade in the NFL so far he's got one big time throw in 54 attempts he's He's actually had 20 dropbacks against the Blitz, and he's got a 52 PFF grade with two sacks taken. He's been awful, and that's what the the Cardinals are—the third heaviest Blitz team in the NFL. Like they're going to send it. I can't. I can't believe they're favored by over a field goal here. Now I know they're going to be able to run the ball. That is the one caveat: is they're just going to run, 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 and the Cardinals are not good stopping the run. So there is a a world where they just run them to death. I get that, but you know, it, it's not like they can't stack the box. They know what's coming. I just think it's too many points for uh, a team in Atlanta who, by the way, they were eliminated from the playoffs last week. So, you know, there is some motivation potential there. Um, I, I just think that this line has to be three <laughs> um, for it to make sense. And so I'll take the the extra hook on, on here all day. 
Fair enough. Uh, keep your eye out on that line then and make sure you, if, if the number is still avail available tomorrow when this uh, episode drops, go hit it. Um, all right. Well, moving on to the next game, uh, we have another team that is of unfortunately dead in the water. It's the Chicago Bears taking on the Detroit Lions. Um, yeah, the, the, the Detroit Lions, all, all the talk I heard last week was how good their run defense was. And then all of a sudden they got 300 yards dropped on them by the Carolina Panthers tandem of Chuba Hubbard and uh, Dante Foreman. Um, so they look to have their playoff dreams potentially crushed, but they if they can win out and have some things go their way, they might still be able to make it. On the other side of the coin, the Bears are pretty much done. They have one of the worst records in the league. Uh, Hitman, do you have a certain side that you like, or is this just a game you want to stay away from? No, I don't got much in this. I know there was some sharp money on the over. It's been bet up. I know there was some sharp money in Detroit. It's been bet up. I don't got much of an opinion. Yeah, fair enough. And that Detroit line moved from, I think, minus four to minus six uh, earlier on in the week. TA, do you have any opinion on this uh, in this game? Or like, hey, man, you're just staying off it. I do have a play on the over. I got 51 and a half. I think 52 is the... You could still take it. That's the, the drop dead number. That's a key number here in the NFL. So from a total perspective, so 52, I guess, is okay. Um, I just, I, I mean, I've been hammering overs in these Bears games for the last two months, and they keep hitting. Um, I think eight of the last nine Bears games have gone over, and I, I talk about it all the time. I've tweeted about it a million times. Like, this is – this Bears defense is the, maybe the single worst defense, just the stretch since week eight – that the NFL has seen in, in a long time. I mean, their EPA numbers, when you when you compare them to the rest of the league, it's drastic. I mean, the difference, the gap between them and number 32 and the number 31 team, which I believe is the Lions, by the way, um, is the same gap between number 31 and number 10. That's how much worse they've been than every other team in the NFL. And they just lost Jalen Johnson, their only legitimate cornerback uh, prior to last week. This is just a horrible, horrible defense. Like they've put it in perspective, the last two weeks they played in in frigid temperatures, a ton of wind, and they still in those games, the totals hit 45 and 48 points. Like there's going to be points scored. Now you go indoors, you go uh, against this Ly this Lions team, which is literally unstoppable at home. They've scored at least 25 points um, at home in every game except for one when both DeAndre Swift and, and uh, St. Brown are playing. I mean, they're averaging 32 points per game uh, at home this year, um, and they get the single worst defense in the NFL. This is by far the worst defense they've played at home. Um, Lions have faced three other bottom five uh, EPA defenses uh, this season. They've scored 45, 40, and 24 points here. Like, there's not really a scenario where the Lions are not going to put up, uh, you know, 30-plus points. So maybe look at the team total. If you don't want to take the, the actual game total, I get that. Um, then it just comes down to can the Bears put up points? Well, as I mentioned, I mean, the Lions run defense, you mentioned it. They got destroyed last week by Carolina. So one thing that the Bears can do is they can run the ball all day on you and you get fields in that dome on turf. Like he's good for at least, you know, two, three explosive runs. So I, I just think this game closed 48 and a half. The total did in Chicago in mid-November, which, by the way, I was on too. That hit 61 points. Um that was outdoors, cold weather. Jared Goff, you know, we know he struggles uh, when it's not not in perfect setting. And that game didn't have DJ Chark, Jamison Williams, Josh Reynolds for for the Lions. Um, the Bears still had uh, Jalen Johnson at quarterback. 
So to go from 48 and a half to just 51 and a half or 52, I don't think that's enough of adjustment, especially when you're going indoors. Um, so I, I think that there's plenty of, um, I think, I think 52 is a key number. So that, that I would, you know, I think everyone can get that now it's, it's all over the board. So take that, but uh, you know, maybe it's a square play. I just think that it's really hard for me to see the, these teams not putting up a ton of points here. Yeah, fair enough. Total is sitting at 52 and a half at minus 111 at Pinnacle right now. And it looks like the team total for the Detroit Lions is at 28 and a half, like you said over there. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye on both those when you're listening to this episode. Maybe look to make a play on them if you like that side. But, um, yeah, moving on, uh, we have the Miami Dolphins going up against the New England Patriots, another divisional game. Uh, we got reports earlier this week that Tua will likely not play with another concussion. It's always sad to see. Um, yeah, do you guys uh, have a certain lean on this game? The New England Patriots are sitting at minus 155 right now, hovering around minus three. Totals looking at 41 and a half. Uh, TA, you have any opinions on this one? I don't. I mean, if it goes to a full three, I, I might look to Miami. I just, you know, I didn't like what I saw earlier this year from Teddy Bridgewater. It just doesn't fit this offense well at all that likes to go down the field and get big chunk plays. He, he didn't look good uh, in, in his short stint. So against a, a Bill Belichick, New England defense, I, I worry a little bit there. So I, I'll probably stay away. Um, I, I don't I don't really trust the Patriots too much on offense either. But um, but yeah, it's it's probably a stay away from me. I think it's you know we'll see what Teddy has. <laughs> um, but it's you know it's too bad because Tua has actually owned Bill Belichick the last couple of years. So I would have liked to see that again. I might have might have laid it with Miami uh, when they were opened at one. Um, but at this point, I'm probably not going to do anything. Fair enough. Uh, Hitman, do you have any uh, lean here? Or are you staying off? Lean. Maybe it ends up being a like at the end of the week on Miami plus three. I know a lot of sharps were waiting for that plus three to, to appear with them. It did get bet. It moved about 10 cents once the, the two news happened. Then it went to three flat. It moved about 10 cents to where Miami's now three minus 120. But I'll say I, I lean towards Miami just because I think that the big thing, the big advantage that Miami has is New England's a slow team. They're a slow offense and they're a slow defense, despite the fact that their defense has played pretty well this year. They're not the fastest defense. And what you think with when you think of Miami, just all the speed that they have on the field with Raheem Mostert and Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. So uh, I think that that is a mismatch for them. And Teddy Bridgewater is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. So Lean towards Miami, plus three. Maybe it ends up being a play for me at some point, but lean right now. I will say keep an eye on the weather, though, too, because with, with Teddy, you know, weak, he's got a weak arm and, you know, the, the gloves. If it's going to be windy or rainy in in, uh, my, in uh, New England, that might be an issue. So um, you know, you'd want you definitely want to check the weather report to make sure it's not going to be adverse conditions for him. Yeah, that's a uh, great advice right there. Always, always keep an eye on these weather reports, especially in the in New England when it could potentially be not favorable weather for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, moving on to the next game, we have the down and out Denver Broncos against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs sitting at minus thirteen and a half right now at plus one hundred four at Pinnacle. Uh, totals looking to be at around forty four and a half, forty five. 
Uh, one thing I learned from uh, listening to this podcast every week is that it seems like Kansas City doesn't really like to cover these massive spreads. It seems like Andy Reid likes to kind of uh, reduce his playbook, go to maybe playbook B instead of giving away any information uh, in these games where there's such heavy favorites. Uh, TA, do you have a certain side you like in this one or are you uh, going to stay off with, with, with Kansas City's tendency not to cover it in these big spread games? Wow. So this is there's going to be another game that this falls under, but I mean from a pure numbers perspective, this is way overinflated. Like this this line is should be ten at least based on my numbers, maybe nine and a half. But you have to factor in just a, talk about a dead team. And I I got sucked into Denver last week. It was my it's a horrible mistake. I thought that their defense would would just completely shut down Baker Mayfield. And thought maybe you know Russell Wilson that offense showed some things in the that Kansas City game before the before he got hurt. So I thought maybe they you know they had enough juice left to to you know get get a win and a cover. And you talk about a team that just had no interest in in showing up and just wanted their coach fired. Like that was that's what we saw. And we saw there was fighting on the sideline with Brett Rippon and, um, and the offensive lineman. And so. I mean, you, you completely turn over your coaching staff, not just hack it. I mean, you turn over like half your staff. Um, uh, I don't know. Like, I can't. I can't judge motivation. Like to me, this is Denver or nothing. You're not. You can't take Kansas City because the numbers just don't make sense. And the fact that you know, they just, you know, even that Seattle game, I was on Kansas City in the first half, and I had them in the game, and they covered both, but they were just kind of like didn't look really interested. Um, offensively, they're just kind of going through the motions. They were still able to cover, and their defense played well. But um, you know, they're not looking to cover these big spreads. They're just kind of looking to, to win and then just get out of there. So you can't you can't lay it with Kansas City at all. It's to me, this is Denver or nothing. And it's just how much of a stomach do you have, and how much you know do you think that they actually want to play, especially for a guy like Russell Wilson, who they don't like at all. You could tell. Um, I just can't do it. I don't care how many points it is at this point. I'm just going to lay off. But Denver is the right side. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And uh, Hitman, do you agree with TA here? Or uh, you like a side or just completely staying off? It's a stay away game for me. I, I thought that Denver, I considered, I was like, you know, if it does hit 14, then uh, I might be forced to play them and everything. But now if the line going down to 12 and a half, 13, it's going to be a pass for me. All right. Well, pass for seems like it's a pass for both you guys on this game. So uh, we'll move on to the next one. The in another dead team. So many dead teams this week. The Indianapolis Colts against the New York Giants. Uh, the Giants are looking to uh, make the playoffs. They're they're going for a push here, so they definitely need to pick up a win here. And the Indianapolis Colts are fighting for potentially the worst head coach in NFL history with Jeff Saturday. Anyways, uh, the lines looking around looking at around five and a half to uh, six for the Giants. Totals sitting at 38 and a half uh, with motivation being such a question for the Colts here. Uh, Hitman, do you like uh, any side or is this another stay away? Um, I think that it, it, I could only look to play Indy. It's a lot of points. I, I will say that one of the things that scares me about Indy is that Nick Foles was just so bad against pressure and he was so bad against the blitz. Last week, and one thing we know about the Giants is they are going to blitz the heck out of you. They blitz more than any defense in the NFL. So I'm a little worried about Foles. And I think I mentioned it on this podcast last week. I was saying how I like the Chargers against the Colts. And one of my big handicaps was that Nick Foles said, he was like, I haven't gotten any work 
with the first team and not even much work work with the second team since training camp and and he didn't even get much then and now you have uh, and you got to see the lack of work I mean there was a lot of times if you watch that game where players they weren't on the same page I remember one specifically the first drive Nick Foles thought that Alec Pierce was going to keep running Alec Pierce stopped and it was a dropped pick and Foles could have easily thrown four or five picks that game. So for me, I think that it's a lot of points. I definitely don't want the Giants laying that many points. But the whole Foles thing with the lack of timing he's had and how bad he was against the blitz and pressure last week is what makes it just a lean towards Indy for me. Fair enough. T.A., uh, any, any thoughts on this one? So this is the other game that <laughs> when I was talking about Denver – about just a crazy number. I mean, this number is ridiculous. Like it's, like I said, if you're just playing in a pool, you have to take uh, Denver and you have to take the Colts. And I may end up betting the Colts here. I, I just, and look, if I, I mean, Hitman, you know, if we know these people better uh, as well as we think we do, Sharps are going to hit, they're going to take Indy. This line's going to end up dropping probably to four and a half when it's all said and done. If I had to guess, um, because the number makes no sense. Indy was just at home against the Chargers, a way better team than the Giants, and they were only getting, what, three, three and a half? Did it close? So you're going to New York in the six? That, I mean, that's what the line could have been if, if Indy was playing in L.A. So that just using that alone, that tells you that the one week, kind of how bad Nick Foles looked, is weighing on the market. I mean, we saw, I mean, the look ahead was three. So the line went from three to six just off that one game. So it it's really a matter of, are, is your opinion that Nick Foles really is this bad? Or is it what Hitman said? He just wasn't ready because they didn't prepare him. And that's typical of a guy like Jeff Saturday, who has no experience. And, uh, you know, they had an offensive coordinator who's like 30 years old, who doesn't know what he's doing. You're not going to get a veteran like Nick Foles ready in such a short period of time. Um, so maybe that was just the one game that he's going to look awful. And now that he's got an extra week of preparation with the ones, he's going to look at least competent, you know, competent enough. Uh, the defense is still there. This is a top 10 defense. The Colts played really well against the Chargers. And that's where even if Foles stinks, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, the Colts are going to be in this game um, because they're going to be able to slow down whatever the Giants have. And so I think from that perspective, there's probably some value um, in, uh, you know, the team total for the giants, if it's, you know, hover, my guess is it's what around is around 20. I haven't even, I looked earlier, it wasn't up at the site that I was looking at, but, um, you know, th that could be one look if you're, if you're not interested in stomaching Nick Foles, you can look into the under the, the team total for the giants. Cause I think that the Colts are going to hold them now. And I, I mean, the Colts defense continues to play hard. So that's the angle I'm looking at it to me. You, you could not take, you cannot take the giants. If you're going to do it, like, Maybe you tease them if you're or put them in a money money line parlay if you're looking to do something like that. But to me, laying six with the Giants is is not something that I would advise, even if it ends up covering. That's a terrible. And first of all, it's the absolute worst number you can get when it was three um, the, in the look ahead, and you know after it opened up, I think it was four and a half. So my prediction: this line goes back down to four and a half five because I think sharp people who have you know who have numbers will tell them there's no way you can let this go. Um, but um, there's no way you can take the giants here. 
Yeah, this it looks. It sounds like from you guys, it might just be a plug your nose and hit indie if you're uh, looking for some DLV on this one. So, um, yeah, if you're if the six is still there in the morning when you're listening to this, uh, go hit it. Right. So, um, <laughs> well, I'm not saying that. Look, there are some situations yeah. this late in the year where there there are dead teams that even if mm-hmm. your numbers say that the line is wrong, like this is saying, how do you judge motivation? How do you judge? They probably don't care about playing for Saturday anymore. Do they care anymore? They were embarrassed on national TV. That's where you can't model that out. And so that's it, up to you to make that decision. You're going to have to decide if it's worth putting your money on that. So that's the problem is it's from a numbers perspective, it's indie, no, mm-hmm. you know, hundred percent, but it's, do you trust uh, that they'll show up and, you know, nobody knows that. Right. So you you have to put your faith in that. If you're going to do, if you're going to take Indy. Yeah, that's uh yeah, that's, that's the nature of the NFL though. Right. Especially when it comes down to these late weeks. So um, motivation is always a big factor and it's impossible to model. We'll never know, but uh, it will be a fun game to watch nonetheless, especially if you're putting uh, money down on either side. Um, all right. Moving on from one New York team to another, we have the New York jets. Going to get up against the Seattle Seahawks taking place in Seattle. Right now, the Seattle Seahawks are plus two and a half uh, un- underdogs at home. Uh, total sitting around uh, 42, 42 and a half. Uh, reports came out this week that Mike White will be back uh, under center for the New York Jets. And I mean, the Seattle defense, like they've been terrible the last couple of games. They've lost five of their last six and they've been given up over 21 points. Give up 23 points to the John, John Wolford and the Rams. Uh Seattle Seahawks, they started off really strong, but have definitely cooled down as of late. Uh, TA, do you like any any play on this one here, or are you staying away? So I took the Jets at, I think, minus one when uh, Mike White was right when he got announced. Uh, I think it's, what, two, two and a half now. Um, I mean, I think under three is fine. Um, you're not getting any key numbers here um, until you get to three, so... I just think that the the upgrade we I, I had uh, when Mike White first got announced in a few weeks ago, you know I thought that he was I think I modeled a one and a half to two point upgrade from Zach Wilson. And that was before he he started playing, um, and he played well uh, in a short period before he got hurt. And then now we saw Zach Wilson come back and just completely bomb. Like I think this, <laughs> I mean he may be four to five points better. <laughs> like that's how bad Zach Wilson's been. I mean when you look at just um, again shorter, smaller samples, you know Zach Wilson is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL out of fifty-two quarterbacks. Um, he's or out of fifty-eight quarterbacks, he's fifty-second in EPA this year. Uh, Mike White's twenty-fourth. Again, smaller samples, but he's played some very difficult defenses um, since last year. I mean he had to face the Bengals. He faced. Buffalo last year he faced New England. This year he had to face Buffalo again uh, in tough weather conditions. He had to go into Minnesota, and yeah, Minnesota's defense is not good. It's still a very loud environment to, to go in, and they really should have won that game. They got stopped at the goal line at the end, but um, you know, and they had to play that rainstorm against a bad Bears defense. But it was a really tough condition, so he's had, he's been battle tested uh, with some of these tough spots in, in tough defenses or bad weather. So. You know, it's going to be another tough situation in Seattle, but their defense, like you said, has been horrible. It's one of the worst defenses in the NFL um, on the season, but much worse in the last, um, you know, month and a half or so. So uh, I, I just think that the Seattle defense won't be able to do too much against, um, won't be able to slow down um, the Jets' offense. And I think that the Seattle offense, 
without Tyler Lockett. And now I just saw that Kenneth Walker didn't even practice today. I'm sure he'll play, but um, you know, he, he had a good game last week, but he struggled of, of late. I think that against an elite defense, like the jets, We've seen Seattle, they've played three other kind of top five elite level defenses. He's played the, they played the Niners twice and they played Denver, obviously, in the opener. Uh, they scored a total of 30 points in those three games. You know, even against Kansas City, doesn't have a great defense. They really couldn't move the ball. You know, Geno is regressing a lot. You're going to have DK Metcalf's going to be stuck on either Sauce Gardner, who's number one in, in PFF's coverage grade right now, and DJ Reed on the other side, who's, who's top 10 as well. So one of them is going to be a little blanket DK, and then it's like, where does Geno Smith go? He uh, Marquise Goodwin was hurt. He tried to be the he tried to step up as a number two last week and did absolutely nothing. I think he got shut out, and he hurt his wrist uh, during the game as well. So who knows how how healthy he is? I'm just not sure where they go. Their offensive line is struggling. I think Lucas on the right side might be out, and I think this Jets defense and just this Jets team in general really. They don't like Zach Wilson. It's clear. They don't like playing for him. We saw it last week. They weren't motivated at all. Uh, I think they're going to turn things up. I think they're really going to play for for Mike White, and I think you can get a much better performance. So I'm okay laying it on the road with the Jets uh, because I just think they're just a much better team than Seattle right now. Fair enough. Uh, Hitman, any any sides you like here? You're agreeing with Hitman or with TA on this? I agree that the matchup definitely favors the Jets. But in my opinion, just with my numbers, it's accounted for in the market right now. With my numbers, at least, that I kind of came closer to Pickham slash Seattle minus one. And then when I accounted for the matchup, I kind of got to what the market's at right now. So for me, it's a, I agree with everything with the matchup being tough. For, for Seattle, but it kind of, I just think in my opinion that the market has caught up to it. So for me, it's a pass. Fair enough. Never wrong. Ne- never the wrong thing to pass on a game. Don't bet it if you don't have to. Uh, moving on to the next game, a little bit of a fun game because we saw a lot of line movement today with the announcement of Derek Carr sitting for the rest of the season, the San Francisco 49ers heading into Las Vegas to face off against the Raiders. After that news broke, the line is sitting around, uh, as we're recording this, around minus nine and a half, uh, plus ten for the uh, for the Niners. Uh, total sitting around forty three. I see some forty two and a half though still on the board. Um, we were talking a bit about this game beforehand uh, before we started recording the show. Uh, I know you guys had a lot of opinions on this, so uh, I'll start with you, Hitman. Uh, do you like a certain side, or is there any value left on the board, or is it all gone now? Um. I, I think it's gone. I mean, kudos to the people that got the the Niners uh, less than a touchdown. There, there was a lot of ways to attack th- this news. One of the ways I attacked it after the line move was I bet Travis Kelsey to lead the league in receiving touchdowns at minus 105. I'm pretty sure most places the line's gone, but maybe you'll find a stale paperhead or something that still has it. But um it was a big downgrade to Devontae Adams, in my opinion. So I bet that with Travis Kelsey. But other than that, I, I don't got much actionable info on this one. Fair enough, uh, TA. Uh, you let, you, is there any value left on the board here? Or are you, again, staying, it all, staying off this game at this number? Yeah, I mean, I got tipped off that uh, this could be happening. So I was able to get some uh, Niners uh, and under a touchdown and some, uh, I think, under 44. But obviously, at this point... 
way way too late, too many unknowns, and it's not even just the the, the Raiders that's unknown. It's the 49ers. They don't have much to play for anyway. How hard are they going to be pushing this? So, I, in a, in a situation like this, like I'm just going to I'm just going to pass uh, for for those that haven't gotten anything yet. Like just this is a game that like is just no. Int- There's so many better games, including that Jets game uh, and the Vikings Packers. At, at the same time, you don't need to touch this game. This it's too late to, to really do anything. Um, we don't even know if the Raiders are going to play all their starters anyway. Um, it could be, you know, if Adam sits, we don't know if there's other guys who are going to sit. So, um, at this point, I, I don't have really an opinion. Fair enough. And just, just out of curiosity, would you guys, is there a certain number you'd play the Raiders at in this game or just completely staying off them with the Stidham news? Ten and I mean, a half, maybe I consider it. I mean, I don't think Derek Carr is worth four points. But you know what the thing is? It's that Carr might not be the only guy that sits. There there are some rumors that maybe Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams don't play in this game. Who knows what the mentality of the team is? So probably not. I'd have to wait to see if Adams and Jacobs and guys like that are going to play. I I just – against any other team maybe, but not against the Steiners defense. If they're actually playing, you know – if Bosa's trying to get his uh, uh, defensive player of the year, like I'm not putting Jared, St- I'm not backing Jared Stidham <laughs> at any price. I'm just going to be honest. Fair, fair enough. Just curious there. All right. Uh, moving on to the next game. Uh, we have the Minnesota Vikings against the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers at home. Minus three and a half favorites. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings are definitely in fraud territory, but I was shocked, honestly, to see a minus three and a half for uh, the Green Bay Packers be minus three and a half favorites. The total sitting around 48 and a half, some 47 and a half on the board. Um, are, are we, I, I know a couple weeks ago, Hitman, you thought the market kind of overcorrected on Minnesota. Are you still feeling that way? Do you think that uh, there's any value left on this line or are you staying away from this game completely? I make the game three. So I mean, three and a half, maybe a lean towards Minnesota, but you know, one thing about Minnesota is throughout the years, they have struggled playing in these December games in cold weather outdoors. And obviously Green Bay right now probably has one of the one, two, three biggest home field advantages in the NFL when they're playing these cold weather games at Lambeau Field. And obviously, I mean, obviously Minnesota wants to win the game, but the motivation, it's do or die for the Packers in this spot. Um I could see I could see both offenses having success. I mean, Green Bay's defense is pretty guard. It's two similar teams where the offenses are starting to play better and the defenses are both garbage. So I do understand the early over money, but probably ends up being a pass for me. I make the game three. So it may be just a lean towards Minnesota. All right. Uh TA, you agree with Hitman on that, or you uh you like a, a certain side here? What, what's, well, it's what's funny. I actually, it was funny. I tweeted right after because I had Green Bay against Miami. After that game, I said because um, I just know how it works. I tweeted out, "Are is everyone's minds going to be blown um, when this when the Packers open as three point favorites over the Vikings? Just like you know, because this has happened all season where these Vikings lines, you know, everyone's like just. Stu- I mean, remember the Dallas people couldn't believe that Dallas. I think was a one point favorite. Um, in Minnesota, and it's like you had articles written by all these you know, by people talking about the, the line, and 
I just know how that is. So it didn't surprise me that you said that. It's because the you know when you don't model this stuff, you don't think about this stuff twenty four seven. You know, it, it does come as a surprise. But you know, my numbers just run, like with no bias at all are exactly three and a half. Um, so this number is right on the number, uh, right on the money. And so like, there's no play for me here, uh, especially considering, you know, Christian Watson, who knows if he's going to play, he's their only explosive weapon on offense. You know, if he's out, then, you know, you could see maybe Minnesota be worth a look, but again, then are they really that motivated? Do they care? And this is an outdoor game and Kirk Cousins outdoors, you know, isn't ideal. Um, I honestly, I know some sharp money came on the over and it's sitting at 48 and a half. If Watson doesn't play, I would consider looking at the under just because of all those other variables. Um, you know, Green Bay is very slow in general. I think they're the slowest team in the NFL. And without Watson, you're not going to get a bunch of you know chunk plays. You're not going to get any of those, you know, 10 yard slants, turning 80 yard touchdowns. Uh, they also, that uh, Kayshawn Nixon, who, you know, he had that kick return touchdown against Miami. He got hurt and he may not play. That hurts too. I mean, that's going to change field position. That could, you know, change potential for some cheap points. So, um, and then Kirk Cousins, like I said, in, in you know, colder weather, it's not going to be like freezing, but it's going to be, I think, in the 30s. Um, you know, it's not the same conditions as he normally is used to uh, in the dome. So I think that offense does take a little bit of a hit. I could see the under coming back on the under if that if Watson is out, but otherwise, um, I think it'll be a good game. So I, I'm, you know, I don't really have a strong angle here. Um, I am kicking myself because I did tweet about uh, the Packers being kind of a, a long shot playoff contender, um, you know, before the weekend, and I didn't take a shot at him. I should have, and you know, that's all gone. There, there. If they get in, you never know. I mean, they're they're not a great team, but you still have a bunch of questions uh, in the NFC and they could have been a decent long shot uh, to make the Super Bowl, but it, you know, that value is all gone. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I'm looking at this game. All right. Moving on to the next game. We have the Los Angeles Rams against the Los Angeles chargers. But before we get into that game, I want to remind everyone that if you're looking for more NFL content, please check out our forward progress channel on YouTube. We have a ton of NFL content housed there, including UFC commentator, John and his twin brother, Jason Anik on Anik Square, where they go head-to-head every week, uh, picking five games against the spread. It's been a season-long competition. It's very close coming down to the wire, so uh, you should check that out. We also have a futures competition with uh, the, the crew at the Pat Mayo Experience. We have uh, our live show every Sunday morning. We have Rob Pizzola going live for the Pizza Buffet, where he tries to pick off as much value as he can find on the board right before game time. And then finally, we have our flagship show, Forward Progress. Uh, going live 10:30 p.m. every Sunday after, or sorry, during the uh, Sunday night game, where we kind of break down the the past week and uh, look ahead and try and predict the closing lines of the uh, of the next week. So yeah, if you're looking for more NFL content, that's uh, the Forward Progress YouTube channel. You could also find us on Twitter at Forward NFL. Um, so. Moving on, we have the Los Angeles Rams against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are sitting at uh, six and a half point favorites. Uh, total sitting around 41, 41 and a half. Uh, the Rams shocked everyone, I think, by putting up 51 points. I didn't think Baker Mayfield had it in him. Winning the MVP, Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player. Um, are you guys uh, surprised with this line at all? Do you guys think it's sitting at, at a right spot? Uh, or do you think there's still some potential value left here uh hitman we'll start with you 
some value on the Chargers, I think. You know, there's a lot of talk about, oh, the Chargers, they have nothing to play for. They're locked into the playoffs. Well, they're playing for the five seed. And why is the five seed important? It's because the five seed is going to play the Tennessee Titans or the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if the Chargers get that spot, they're going to be probably pick them at Jacksonville, maybe a one-point favorite, we'd say. And if they're at the Titans, yeah, yeah. And if they're playing the Titans, they're going to be over a field goal favorite in that game. So, I mean, there's a lot of motivation, I think, for the Chargers, common sense-wise, to try to get that five seed. So I think that uh, it's being priced as if the Chargers – I mean, it's not fully saying, like, obviously you're going to play their starters, but I feel like it could be a little bit higher. Fair enough. Uh, T.A., you, you uh, siding with Hitman on this? I don't have a play on this at all. Uh, <clears throat> would lean Rams just because their, their defense played pretty well. They, no matter what you think of Baker Mayfield, their defense has kept them in games, and they're, they're trying hard. You know, it's funny. Baker had such a great game. I think he had an 83% completion percentage. His, his air yards was the lowest in the NFL last week. All he was doing was just picking them apart uh, on bootlegs to the tight end and the running back. So that's not really sustainable, you know, to get the ball down the field. Um, and uh, I just worry from the Chargers perspective, Derwin James, there's no way Derwin James is going to play with that concussion. There's just no need to rush him back. Why would you rush him back for this game? So I, I would put like 90% that he's going to sit. And then, you know, I just saw Austin Eckler um, miss practice. You know, he got hurt during the game with his ankle. So, you know, they may sit him out. I just, I just get nervous that, you know, this is the first time they've been in the playoffs in a while, you know, they may take it easy. The Rams are actually trying hard. Um, you know, that that's kind of how I'm looking at it is it's, it's, it's a stay away for me. I, I don't, it's hard for me to handicap. If I had to like for a pick pull, I would take the Rams, but I, I don't, I just can't pull the trigger right now, <laughs> especially off that big win. Usually when you're off of a huge win like that, um, you're inflated. And so I, I it's not the greatest value, but um, I'm just going to lay off. Fair enough. Coming off that huge win, 51 points, craziness, but uh yeah, and I think a lot of people can talk themselves narratively into the Rams here as well, like uh, with with them not having a first-round pick and that veteran defense trying to prove something. But I think I agree with you guys on that one, that the Chargers might be the right side here. Uh, two more games left to go. Uh, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars playing against the Houston Texans. The Jaguars are playing for first their first spot in their division, potentially the chance to face the Chargers. Who knows? Uh, Chargers are sitting at minus four. Uh, there's a, I see a couple three and a halfs at some, uh, not as sharp books, uh, totals around 43, 43 and a half. Um, TA, do you think this line is a little, uh, smaller than you'd expect? Like I see the three and a half against the Houston Texans. I'm, I'm thinking it should be a little bit more, but again, what do I know? You guys are the experts. So tell me, tell me why I'm wrong on this. So I think me and Hitman are going to head to head. So I'm curious to hear his analysis my guess is just a numbers analysis but um so i mean yeah if you if you do just a pure power rating you, you won't get the four and a half um so i've got i've got the texans plus four and a half um you'll probably get to six is my guess right so but you just can't use i don't use power ratings for this specific reason because this matchup and all the other ancillary factors just derive so much value uh, for the Texans that I just, I, w I can't use power ratings here, you know, from a couple of different perspectives. Now, uh, Doug Peterson came out this morning and said, he's not going to sit any starters. Okay. That's fine. Um, I'll believe him and that's fine, but that doesn't mean that guys won't be rotated in 
that, you know, if someone hurts their ankle in the first half, that they're not going to just sit them the rest of the game. Like there's a lot of other ways to give guys some rest or, you know, not push guys to play. I mean, Trayvon Walker is questionable. Are they really going to push him to play this week? My guess is no. Why would you like they have like less than a 10 percent chance of even getting a wild card if they win and then lose against Tennessee? I just find it hard to believe they're just going to go 100 percent. So from a motivation standpoint, no matter what he says, um, they're just not going to be 100 percent all in. Okay, so that that right there, this is a young team. They've never been this in this spot. You know, it's not easy to react like like a veteran team that's been there before. So you got to deal with that. Um, then you just look at the matchup, right? Um, Trevor Lawrence, the the one area that he struggled more than any other in, in his career is against this Lovey Smith defense, especially this cover two defense. Um, they're 0-3 straight up and against a spread against the Texans for a reason. Uh, against cover two, Lawrence is 40th out of 40 quarter, 44 quarterbacks in completion percentage, just 56%. 6.4 yards per attempt, only one touchdown in six interceptions since the beginning of last season. Like he's been absolutely atrocious. Um, and there's no reason to, for me to believe that in a week where likely the the staff and Lawrence are going to be game planning mainly for the Titans. They're not going to be game planning for this game. They're going to be looking ahead to the Titans, which they should be. Um, I don't feel like this is the week that he's just all of a sudden going to explode and, and just solve this defense. So, I think from a matchup perspective, you have to take that into consideration. That's not in a in a power rating um, perspective. So between that and the motivation, those are two huge things. Cam Robinson, his left tackle, is going to be out again. Walker Little is going to start. He's one of the worst pass blockers in the NFL. He's 98th out of 110 tackles and pass block grade by PFF. It's a big downgrade. Um, and then you just look at this defense for the Jags. It's not a good defense. I mean, they caught a break last week because they faced Zach Wilson, who's inept. I mean – they're 30th in EPA. They're one of the worst tackling defenses in the NFL. Trayvon Walker is probably going to sit again. They had a big injury to Dwayne Smoot, one of their top defensive linemen. He's second on the team in pressure rate. He's out for the season. Um, this is not a great defense to begin with, and you just, you're just you probably going to be without your two, two of your best front four guys. Again, between the motivate, I mean, look, historically, like Trevor Lawrence is not good as a big favorite anyway. They're 0-4 against the spread. Uh, with three losses straight up as a favorite of more than a field goal. Like this is not a spot you want to be backing Jacksonville to continually let people down. Um, I just don't, I get that the Texans are maybe playing above their heads, but they're clearly trying hard. Um, there's it's in division. They know each other. Well, like I just think that this is too many. I think this should be a field goal. I really do. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the old Texans come back. Maybe the Jags play really motivated and they lay it on them. But I'm okay taking taking the Texans here. Um, with the line was seven, by the way, earlier in the season when these two matched up in Jacksonville. So for it to be four and a half, I don't think that's a big enough of a. I mean, both teams are, are much better now than they were earlier in the season. I think both teams have have uh, upgraded rating. So why should this line only go two and a half points when you flip home field? Um, I, I just think it's too too many points, but. So I'm curious to hear what Hitman has to say because I just think the Texans are the right side. Yeah. So from my perspective, just two weeks ago, this Texans team was getting, was it how many points against the Chiefs? I think it was 14 points in Houston against the Chiefs. 
And now we're saying, like with this line art, there's a nine and a half point difference between the Chiefs and Jacksonville. Now I know. Well, the line closed ten. Didn't Jacksonville close ten in in Kansas City like three weeks ago? Because I was yeah, on Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, in, in Kansas City. Yeah. So I mean, give them two points for home field advantage, or or something. You'd probably give the Chiefs, but yeah. Regardless, I mean. And again, Houston has been upgraded a little bit, but it's still the worst roster in the entire NFL. And I mean, from just a pure numbers perspective, I'm closer to seven on this. Now I do get like, all right, Jacksonville's going to sit some guys that they're not going to force some guys to play like Trayvon Walker and all that. And I get that. But with a two and a half point adjustment from, from when I have these teams, at full motivation, fully healthy. It, I just feel like if you're if you're playing Houston, the line, the, the lines moved where to where I could only look towards Jacksonville. Like if it was six and a half, seven, then I would I would get all I would get all the argument, and I believe that's what the look ahead was. But I just think that the line has moved a, a lot to where Jacksonville is probably the value right now. Um, Trevor Lawrence has been playing. Really, really well. I know you mentioned the splits about him versus the two deep, but it's been a different Trevor Lawrence recently. I know since week nine, their offense has scored on 45% of their drives. It's sixth in the entire NFL. Houston's been doing what they've been doing offensively, which is running a two-quarterback system without Nico Collins. Brandon Cooks will probably be in this game, but who really knows with him? So, I mean, for me, it, it just came down to – it really came down to a numbers play and I'm going to look like an idiot. If they do, if Jacksonville does sit some guys in this game in the second half or something, but I mean, they still have a 6% chance of being a wild card team. Doug Peterson has said that we're going to play our guys in this game. So, I mean, for me, it's really just about the numbers and I get that it can't be all about the numbers when the situation and the matchup warrants it, but for, for me, I just think that it's a game that I don't see Jacksonville laying down in this game was essentially my handicap on Jacksonville. And if I don't see him laying down, then I got to lay four, four, which is what I laid four and a half now on a game that my pure numbers made closer to seven. But we'll see. That's why they play the games. Yeah. And I, I probably would have said um, that if there was no, if this was like two weeks ago, that six is probably the right number. So I agree. I just think that, um, yeah, with the motivation, it's a huge issue. And I'll just say, um, I, I know you said Trevor Lawrence is playing better now, and I totally agree. He absolutely is. But even if you just if you excluded that Houston game um, and just did week six on, even I mean, his cover two numbers are still one, are 39th out of 41 quarterbacks. Like it's even no matter who he plays, he, he's just much better against man in general um, than he is uh, against this defense. So. You know, it's just this might be just the defense is, is what he struggles against. Now, if he's figured it out, then it's a, they're going to blow him out, right? And it's it's going to look dumb. But this could be just a, a schematic thing that he struggles against, and without his left tackle in there, you know, he might get some pressure on him. So that that's that's really like for me, I just have to throw away the power ratings when it comes to a very specific. I mean, there I don't think it's coincidence that. Uh, the th- that they're zero and three straight up and against a the spread. They're favored in every single game. Most of the, I think, two of them favored by uh, at least seven points. 
and they lost outright. Like, I don't think that's coincidence. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe he's just a. Let's, let's remember player. though, Ur- Urban Meyer is the coach for two of those, and Lovey Smith isn't the coach for two of those. So, I mean, it is different coaching staffs. Well, he was a difference. He wasn't either defensive coordinator last year. Was Lovey the defensive coordinator? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Or was he still? You might be right on that. We'll have to do a quick. Wikipedia, but I, I, I thought he was the regard, coordinator. Regardless, last year. if you're right on that, then I'm just going to throw it back on the Urban Meyer thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. And and if he, if he, by the way, if Lawrence struggles again against his defense, like anybody who plays Jacksonville round one, guess what? Defense are probably going to play against them a lot because I mean it's clear that's that's what he struggled against. So, uh, but he is. I mean, to be fair, and I'll give Hitman credit. Like Lawrence is a night and day better quarterback you know, just in the last couple of weeks versus what he's, you know, last year and the beginning of this year. So it might've just been, you know, he just hadn't figured it out yet. So that's, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. Fair enough there. Uh, good for Trevor Lawrence, former first overall pick and Urban Meyer seemed to potentially derail his career, but luckily Peterson put him back on the right track. Uh, last game of the slate, Monday night game, we have an absolute banger. The Buffalo Bills heading into Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. This game is uh, really tight. Uh, right now, at some of the sharper books, they have uh, Buffalo at, at minus one. Um, yeah, mostly minus one. Uh, some minus one and a half across the board here. Totals looking at 49, 49 and a half. Um, two of the best teams in the NFL simply but uh, it's going to be a great game to watch either way, whether you're betting on it or not. But if you were to bet on this game, uh, TA, which uh, do, you, do you have any side that you like or if anything in particular you might be looking at, or are you just going to watch this out of uh, pure enjoyment and quality? I mean, I would have, <clears throat> I'd love to tease one of these teams to seven. If you can, you know, get through the three and the seven, uh, I think it's a really quality teaser. I can't imagine this being a blowout either way. I know the bills when they win, usually it's a blowout, but you know, the Bengals are just too good with all their weapons at home, um, I would think to get blown out here. So I think it's a you know, good teaser leg uh, to get either side, of, you know, if you can get either side at seven and a half, but obviously right now it's Cincinnati because uh, I think it's a, it's a tight game. So, I mean, otherwise I, it's a coin flip. And, you know, I, I just think that the Bengals are, are not as good as, as I think people think, uh, you know, look, two weeks ago, I was actually on Tampa. I thought that, you know, Tampa was blowing them out in the first half. And then just the, every, the wheels came off because of all those fluky turnovers. Like, can you really rely on that again? I'm not sure if without those turnovers, uh, you know, maybe Tampa wins that game last week, you know, Stevenson is about to go in and, and they're going to lose to new England. And what what's this line if they lose to new England there when, when, Stevenson's at the five yard line with under a minute left or under two minutes left. Like it's, you know, these little things change the perception. So I still think Buffalo is a much better team, not much better, but they're a better team. So if I had to pick straight up, I would take Buffalo, but I think, I think a teaser leg is warranted here. Hey man, do you agree with uh, TA here on, on a teaser leg or are you just going to stay off this one? Only thing that I say about Buffalo teasers is I'm always scared to, to, tease against them just because they're a team that, as TA mentioned, will run it up. And look at no better example than last week. I have under 41 in the Bills-Bears uh, game. They need one yard to end the game. They're at like the Bears 20-yard line. They need one yard. Game's over. What do they do? They go up 15 points or whatever it was. They go play action, throw the ball into the end zone. 
that Dawson knocks for a touchdown under loses. So I'm just always worried about teasing against Buffalo because they're so prone to trying to run up the score. So that's the only uh, pushback I would give on that. I, I make the game pick them. It, it's just a good game to sit back and enjoy. Yeah, definitely a great game. Last Monday night football game of the season. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, a, lot, a lot of good information here. Don't forget to check us out at Forward NFL on Twitter and uh, Forward Progress YouTube channel for more NFL content. And guys, if you like this show, uh, let us know by hitting that subscribe button and uh, hitting that like button, even just leaving us a rating or review on your favorite podcasting platform. It really goes a long way and it lets us know that you guys do enjoy this show. With that being said, TA, you can find him on Twitter at CleveTA uh, and Hitman, you can find him on Twitter at Hitman428. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and uh, good luck on your week.